good evening or good morning, wherever you are listening in the world. Thank you for downloading our Leicester City versus Southampton big match build-up show. Now, Saints, I think it's fair to say, truly seeking some revenge this weekend as we visit the King Power Stadium to play Leicester City. So whatever you do in this week's episode, don't mention the score. On this week's show, then, we're back to regular routines. We discuss progression in the FA Cup over Huddersfield Town. We talk revitalised Ralph lineups, predictions ahead to Leicester, and we take a live comments with Ben Stanfield, the host of the Total Saints podcast. And stay tuned for your bite sized guide to Leicester. So let's kick off the show, then. This is our Leicester City versus Southampton big match build up show. Well, good evening, one and all joining us on YouTube. Do let us know firstly if there's any audio issues, if I'm too loud or my guest is too quiet or my guest is too quiet and I'm too loud. But joining me this evening, the host of the excellent Total Saints podcast, Ben, good to see you again. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Freddie. Happy New Year to you and happy New Year to everyone watching. And uh, as we mentioned on the pod, I know you're on our podcast at the weekend. It's been a pretty good Christmas and New Year for Saints. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for much more, really. Ten points from that sort of uh, four games over the festive period. And, uh, you know, I think it's back to kind of reality and regular routines now, back in the swing of things. Uh, now the 8th of January, I was hoping that my Christmas break would be extended just a little bit longer. <laughs> I know. it's uh, That's the thing with football. When it's going badly, you don't want the games to come along, do you? The international breaks are a blessing into the skies. And actually, uh, now we sort of feel we're on a, a bit of an up. You're kind of, you know, almost ticking the days off until the games come around again. So it's uh, it's gone full circle, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's far too many fixtures in that uh, in that festive period. Yeah. But now it's uh, we're back to Saturday. It's three o'clock and it's Leicester City this weekend as well. But firstly, before we get there, we've got uh, a special mm. uh, event happening uh, Friday evening down at our favourite hall or match days at Five Rivers. Just tell us a little bit more before we get into our, I guess, our Huddersfield review uh, in a minute. Yeah, no worries. So um, in a couple of weeks' time, it'll be the episode. Um, we we just recorded 97 that you were on Freddie with Glenn and uh, Lucy at the weekend. Uh, we're recording uh, on Friday of this week, Friday the 10th of January, our 100th episode, which will be edited and then out uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But um, we're doing it in support of Saints Foundation. So um, I was very keen to make sure that we tried to do something that would make it memorable, but more importantly, reward um, you know, the foundation that obviously do a fantastic job, as we all know, as Saints fans. So um, you're right, it's down at the Five Rivers. Uh, Mange is kindly uh, um, uh, hosting us for the evening and um, people are, are welcome to come along. There's a, a £10 cost for tickets. 100% of that £10 is going to the Saints Foundation. There's a, a little um, cost on top for um, uh, buying the ticket but um, yeah essentially eight o'clock uh, Friday night um, doors will be open from seven so that everyone can get in there and have a drink and a chat and uh, you know get ready and uh, I'm looking forward to it I'm a little bit nervous of course because uh, you know unlike you Freddie I don't do that many live events but uh, I think the most important thing is that you know we're going to try and raise a thousand pound for Saints Foundation I think if we can get that figure I don't really care how the pod goes because that will be even more amazing so it'll be a good way to uh, recognize a, a lot of blood sweat and tears over 100 episodes yeah absolutely and you know Saints Foundation, wonderful cause for the local area, supporting, you know, underprivileged kind of people and, you know, a fantastic place to host it to. And I guess I guess we'll have a little bit of security here that I have the computer screen rather than doing the uh, live events in person. But uh, we're looking forward to it, looking forward to a, a drink as well. And I guess people that are living locally and that are, are planning to come along but don't want to maybe uh, 
you know, put their details through Eventbrite. Uh, can we just rock up on the night and pay for a, a ticket on the door? Yeah, I think we tried. I think we tried to keep it to sort of buying tickets um, beforehand, just so we know who's coming up. So ideally, if you can go to eventbrite.co.uk at some point before Friday lunchtime, that would be handy because it does give you a printed out ticket, and then we can just make sure that you know for those that have paid to get in, that there's not people just uh, uh, winging it. It's uh, quite hard, and you know we're not having anyone on the door or anything like that. But uh, I, I, I forgot to add that the Saints Foundation are bringing along um, uh, a guy called uh, Russell Loveland, who's um, a, an ex sort of um, drug addict and an ex uh, sort of petty criminal who I think has been very much involved with the Saints Foundation and turned his life around. So he's going to be there to chat to us about how the foundation have helped him. So I've got to be honest, Freddie, I think it's well worth paying the £10. And if there is someone stood at the door waving a tenner, of course, we're not going to turn them away. <laughs> yeah, all for the buckets, I think. And, uh, you know, £1,000, I think we can achieve that on the night as well. Right, let's uh, let's get to our, our comments then. Uh, and firstly, uh, if you are regular here, do let us know you're, you're with us uh, this evening. But uh, to your comment, PXHM, does he read the chat? Yes, we do. And your comments <laughs> are live on screen. So there you are, yo. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, hi, Samuel. I uh, hope everyone's having a good week. How are we feeling about the Leicester game? Can we do this? Can we get a win? We'll get to more on that in just a moment, so stay with us. But first, I think we'll, we'll just discuss and review a little bit in detail uh, the the FA Cup third round. Uh, you know, sometimes it's lost its magic over the last few years, but and, uh, an excellent turnout, in fact, at, at St. Mary's at the weekend, near on about 20,000. Cheap tickets, you know, 10, 12 pounds for the adults and only a pound or two for the kids as well. And uh, different atmosphere, but we got the job done. It wasn't, it was no meaner classic though, was it, Ben? It wasn't, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Freddie. I think it was brilliant. I saw loads and loads of people that I follow on Facebook, friends and Twitter and things like that, that are taking their children to their first Saints game. And I think there was, a, as you said, a real family atmosphere. Saints obviously did a, a you know a good job of reducing tickets and making it a lot more competitive than it is for the Premier League. And uh, we, we want to be encouraging the future generations to come along, don't we? We don't want them wearing Manchester United shirts and Liverpool shirts. We want them to be wearing Saints shirts and be at the St Mary's cheering the team on. And, um, you know, I think it was great to see so many fans families there Freddie and yeah I mean look we got the job done it, it wasn't a classic um, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about the goal scorers in a minute and the impact that they have but I guess it's a sign of how Saints have turned things around the last few months because even I was confident that we would get the job done and uh, you know that's uh, unheard of really but I think you know a few months ago we'd be potentially seen that as a banana skin I know Huddersfield are struggling they had a, a few chances at nil-nil but ultimately a really professional job by uh, Saints and you know I still get nervous I think uh, when the draws are being made you know that it's going to be an exciting tie and I think for me that's personally that I've still got that passion for the FA Cup and it's it's sad sometimes to see the empty stadiums and the you know teams making that sort of thing I, I know Saints did it but it was still um, you know I think uh, understandable after the Christmas run so yeah job done mm. and you know we're in the hat and I'm sure we'll talk about the draw as well yeah, and of course, let's get straight to that draw then. Uh, firstly, good evening to uh, Kieran. Good evening to Raul. Good to see you guys once again. I mean, there, were, there was a, a real possibility that we could have had them locked down the road once again. I know we spoke about it on the pod, didn't we, at the weekend? And uh, I know Glenn was adamant that he wants them to stew on the fact that we beat them four 0 for a lot more, uh, a lot more years to come yet. But uh, it was—I mean, it was a bit of a disappointing draw. I think you, you either want sort of someone, um, you, you know, maybe lower league away so you can have a good day out, or uh, a winnable game at home. I, I think um, you know, Borough and Spurs. Obviously, you'd, you'd imagine Spurs will come through that replay. So it's, it's one of those ones where you sort of think, well, will Saints focus on it and give it a hundred percent, or will Spurs do the same? You don't quite know which. Uh, teams will come out but I guess from a Saints point of view reiterating what we just said there Freddie I imagine mm. it's going to be competitive prices that will get some more people in the door and uh, at least it's a home time which will, will generate some interest around the city 
Yeah, and it could well be a possible uh, another TV fixture uh, for for I guess for our round. I mean, Middlesbrough and Tottenham, their replays is showed on it is being shown on BBC One in the UK next week. So uh, you know, I guess Saints fans will be watching it with bated breath. Uh, so who we're going to get? I mean, uh, back to the matters on the pitch. So ten changes, mm. as you mentioned. You know, only the, the only player retaining his position was James Ward-Prowse, and uh, Ralph said he was a machine. He's played all the minutes so far in the Premier League, and he's captained the side in the FA Cup last week but I think it was more of an audition for the players that are on the fringe of the squads he, he played a, a mixture of youngsters you know fringe players but I think we've got to say I mean it sort of struggled to find a bit of rhythm in the start of the game really didn't we yeah we did I, I think you can probably understand it I mean some of those players Romeo Vestergaard people like that haven't played for weeks have they so I think you've got to understand that even against a team like Huddersfield you know it's going to be competitive it's it's not like you're playing a friendly where it's a bit more like a training match so I think it will take some of them a bit more time to get up to speed but um, I, I mean I think you have to look at it we got a clean sheet we won the game um, you know no one did themselves um, a disjustice I don't think you know they didn't do themselves a disservice sorry and, uh, and come out of it in negative so it's probably given Ralph a few options heading into the next run of games. You know, we're we're probably going to start to see a little bit of fatigue potentially in some of the players that were really putting in that effort over Christmas. You mentioned uh, Prousey, obviously. So, you know, I guess we want players in the wings that are chomping at the bit that are competitive and they may not be as good as the the, the team that are currently starting in the Premier League, but the, the least you can hope for is that they're they're match fit and they're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, we saw some youngsters as well, also uh, giving their first team for first start for uh, Jake Vokins. He appeared um, in the League Cup game earlier this season, but also a uh, first team start for Will Smallbone. He was in the squad actually the week before. And, you know, I think it's some of the, they, were, they were quite lively on their debuts, I think, you know, got themselves into good areas, wanted the ball often, but uh, dipped in and out. And uh, Will Smallbone almost had an immediate kind of impact. Great little touch for Shane Long, only for VAR. We thought it was on our side. And then he was ruled out for offside by millimetres. Yeah, I mean, it was offside, wasn't it? We can't really argue. I think when you look at the replay, we, we've had quite a few go for us this season. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I must be honest, um, considering, you know, I do the podcast and considering I've followed Saints for, for so many years, I, I don't maybe pay enough attention to the youngsters as I should do. I think I tend to focus on the, what the first team are doing. I know there's some people that really get really enthused about the under 23s, the under 18s and spend a lot of time watching players come up through the the, the pipeline. And, um, you know, it's great to see them getting an opportunity. I think we felt when uh, Ralph came in that, you know, we saw Jan Valerie come into the side, Matt Target, people like that. We, we probably felt he was going to go down the youth through a little more and then at the start of this season he kind of totally forgot about them didn't he and it's taken a while for some of them to get back into the side so yeah I, I, you know I think all they can do is come in and, and make an impact and they certainly did that you know they were on the match interviews after the game weren't they and both scoring the goals and getting us through and you know I think particularly Vokins at left back we know at the moment that Bertrand is our only option um, Vokins is obviously going to take a bit of time probably to get up to Premier League level but at least it gives something Ralph to think about um, you know we, we've we've gone through that period where you know I remember Ralph Kruger said he wanted two players for every position and there's some positions in that squad at the moment that we haven't got that left back's definitely one of them so hopefully the more Vokens plays particularly that'll give him some confidence and he can go away and work on things with the coaching staff that he needs to do to get better yeah, I mean, I think that's the target. It was also for the January transfer window, isn't it? A full back, probably left or right. I mean, yeah. maybe ideally someone that can play a bit of both, to be honest. I think we're still sniffing around this uh, Joachim Myler fella from Genk, but uh, nothing of substance at the moment. But I mean, more on Jake Vokens, really. Um, I mean, proud day for him as well on the score sheet, along with his mate, Will Smallbone. Uh, but he was, I guess, if we look at his kind of uh, his performance to some extent, you know, often left a bit exposed and 
quite yeah. uh, you know clear that he's a bit naive. I mean, sort of uh, mostly defensively, but you know, looks like he's great going forwards. Again, you know, a lot to learn. So, you know, one to watch. I think. Yeah, and I think um, we've seen it with. Gareth Braille, we've seen it with Wayne Bridge, um, you know, players like that, that they just started left wing, didn't they? And gradually got made into a left back. From what I understand of Vokins, you know, that's more of his natural position. So he's someone that they're, I wouldn't say they're trying to convert, but obviously that's a, a natural position that he can play at the moment, left back. So I think, you know, he's maybe used to attacking more and that's why, you know, there is that sort of gap in behind him. I, I remember with Gareth Bale, he was great at marauding forward at Saints, wasn't he? But he wasn't the best mm. defensively and, you know, he went on to have a pretty decent career. So I think, you know, he's very young. There's plenty of time for him to develop the, the only way he's going to do that is to get opportunities whether it's at Saints in the Cup or going out on loan or something like that so um, you know great I, I think the, the most important thing we want to see is players starting to come through the academy again because there has been a bit of a lull the last four or five years you know maybe one coming through or something like that Prousey, Target, Jan Valerie, players like that so if we can get two or three four coming through then you know that's going to be great because it, it you know really puts into fruition the effort that goes in at that level. Yeah, I mean, Clara, also a youngster from the uh, mm. Youth Academy, has gone on loan this week to another Austrian side. And also, you know, I don't know how much you've seen of uh, the uh, FA Cup the weekend as well, but we had Alfie Jones and uh, O'Connor start for Gillingham against West Ham. So great to see them getting a bit of experience at football league clubs in you know, their chance against Premier League sides in, in cup competitions. Uh, but Will Smallbone, what a day to remember for him. You know, if we talk about the goal here, a, a looping ball that looked like it never would come down from Dancer <laughs> on that far side. You know, he finds long who wins absolutely everything in the air doesn't matter if his defender is seven foot tall but Shane Long will leap like a salmon to get that ball nods <laughs> it back you know Will Smallburn strikes it sweetly and it smashes a straight pass for uh, uh, his first goal of his career yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant technique, wasn't it? I think that's the sort of one that we get in the park, don't we? We uh, shank it and it goes, you know, 25 foot over the crossbar, that sort of thing, or over the jumpers or whatever they are. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant technique. And more importantly, I think actually that being two minutes after half time, you know, we'd had the goal chalked off, hadn't we, just before half time? So I think that probably gave Saints a, a little bit more comfort to actually relax and get that goal. So it was an important time to score as well, Freddie. And uh, mm. yeah, I mean, it was a little bit agricultural, uh, you know, a big high cross and. As you say, I mean, Shane Long, love him all year there and uh, he wins an awful lot of headers and, um, you know, it was a, a smart finish, bearing in mind there was a couple of players on the line. So, um, yeah, I mean, great. Uh, you know, I think for, for both those players, great to get an opportunity. I think even better for them and for the club. And, uh, you know, I spoke about the feel-good factor that's around at the moment. It kind of encapsulated that, that, you know, they both were on the score sheet and that's, uh, you know, it was their goals that took us through. Uh, Tam argues that Will Smallbone's chance was harder to score. I mean, Vokin's goal, we'll get to that in just a moment, is a, is a bit fortuitous. I, I don't know how much of a deflection it took off of that defender's uh, trailing leg, but uh, it did, it, it, you know, came in off the crossbar, Jake Vokin's uh, pot shot, you know, taking your chance. That's all that counts, you know. Uh, there was nothing to lose, really, I think, to be honest. I mean, Huddersfield, thankfully, they weren't clinical enough at all. They, they really rarely threatened. and uh, But we, you know, sometimes we we did show again our inability is sometimes leaving ourselves a little frail exposing you know perhaps the uh you know the the, the weaknesses to you know the two defenders on the day Yoshida and Vestergaard but um I guess maybe they didn't do too much for their uh chances to play at the weekend no I think Bakuna had a brilliant chance didn't he just before half time that he uh he, he shot straight at Angus Gunn and I, I guess you can imagine Dan so Vestergaard Yoshida you know, at some point this season, they probably have played together, bearing in mind how many changes Ralph was making back there a few weeks ago. But, uh, uh, you know, I go back to what I said earlier, Freddie, that they are a bit rusty. You know, they're mm. not 
probably full of confidence. I don't think there's much communication between the three of them. So, um, you know, it was a clean sheet. And I think, you know, as the back five, they will probably look at that and think, look, we couldn't have done any more. You can only beat what's in front of you. All, all the cliches that we would go through as football fans. So I think um, you just have to sort of, um, you know, move on and uh, a job well done, I think. Yeah, and I think somebody that uh, has been also linked with a lot of uh, rumours and gossips columns this week to Leeds, uh, Shea Adams, mm. uh, scored no goals this season, of course, but, you know, still coming under a bit of stick. But uh, I've got to say, you know, his movement again was great. He was lively, he wanted, wanted the ball. And you know, set up Jake Vokens for that goal. A little uh, sort of pass to the to the space. I mean, so much space you could get an aircraft carrier down that left hand side. And Jake Vokens, he was invited to shoot. You know, proud moment for him. Like uh, his mate Will goes in off the crossbar. I don't know how was there much of a deflection on there, but it absolutely finished the game off. It was a routine win in the end. Yeah, it was. I think there was a bit of a deflection, but goals always look better when they're going off the crossbar anyway, don't they? So, um, um, yeah, but I I think going back to Trey Adams, um, you know, I mean, Saints made a lot of... um effort in the summer didn't they to get him um, you know, he was very much top of the list I think for Ralph to bring in I, I'd be surprised but I'd also be disappointed if they kind of gave up on him and, and sent him out on loan because I do think he gives them an option um, you know essentially we, we spoke about it um, at the weekend I think I mean, many Saints fans will have spoken about it we're kind of touch words waiting for Danny Ings to break almost aren't we and if he breaks what happens then you know we've got Shane Long but who else have we got so I think ultimately Che Adams for me is someone you, you kind of want those three strikers competing against each other and training and pushing each other to to get out on the pitch and I think he's only going to get confidence from playing and you know I, I mean the goal you know you kind of feel like you need one to hit him on the backside and go in and then he'd probably get 10 by the end of the season he's, he's just uh, I think you know whether he's trying too hard I don't know but um, I think ultimately he's someone that I I know Ralph said that he wasn't going to go anywhere but of course money talks doesn't it if someone comes in like Leeds I don't know, a million pounds taken until the end of the season or something, then it might be a, a different story. But for me, you know, you want to keep him at the club. You want to keep him working with Ralph and he's still fairly young. So you want to help him develop and maintain that confidence that he can be a Premier League player. Yeah, I mean, I, I foolishly said at the start of the season he's going to score double figures. So if suddenly he he may, hitting, he may still do, Freddie. He may still do. You know, Shane Long almost <laughs> did it last season, uh, scoring six in as many games. So still a chance for Shay Adams to do it. But uh, I think if we if we again highlight Will Smallbone, um, uh, Samuel asks, where does uh, Smallbone's performance leave Josh Sims in the grand scheme of things? I mean, a lot of again more gossip columns suggestion Josh Sims could be on his way out this this window, and I want to see him more Josh Sims he hasn't he hasn't had enough opportunities of course played about three months over in the States for New York Red Bulls but mm. he's he's he's, he's in, he, he makes an instant impact he's direct and you know we sh- we saw that kind of showcased last season in the Wolves game it's an odd one, isn't it, Josh Sims? Um, he's been in and out of the team, you know, under the last four or five managers. You remember he, he made that impact in the the Everton game, didn't he? Uh, when Cumin said he'd never really heard of him, and uh, then he set up Charlie Austin after a minute. He then um, came back, I think, under Demark Hughes. Ralph gave him a bit of a try last season, then he disappeared, as you say. So I don't know what it is with Josh Sims because I think we've all felt that he's had that potential, but he's never really been given much of a of an opportunity by any of the managers. So it'll be interesting to see, as you say. I think he's been linked with Sheffield Wednesday. I think Gary Monk, um, the, the manager there confirmed that they were looking at him of course we don't know what will happen but I, I guess you know the way Saints are playing at the moment they probably feel that you know he's not going to get an opportunity and you don't want too many players sat around not doing anything so it is, as you said earlier about the Gillingham lads it's better if they can get out there and get some game time so um, yeah I mean he's he's someone that I, I've always rated but for whatever reason he's just not been given much of a chance 
Yeah, interesting. I think, again, you know, I think uh, we need to give them an opportunity, maybe a short term loan in in the UK or in England, Mm. you know, in the football league somewhere. But there are three candidates and I guess for the last few weeks, really kind of highlighting and showcasing what we can really do. I mean, obviously, Danny Ings is your obvious choice for a a, a nomination for the player of the month as well. Also, of course, nominated for the uh, player of the month for the Premier League. I'm sure the the results will be uh, announced in the next uh, day or so. And Obafemi, you know, his goal at Chelsea and nominated for the uh, his, his strike against uh, Chelsea. But, you know, two others, James Ward-Prowse has been in the engine room, I think, recently, you know, getting stuck in more than ever. You know, I think he, he now possesses a, a really nasty streak to him. He's, he's, he's quite literally doing the dirty and taking one for the team. He's... Yeah. Uh, Five yellow cards for the season now, which are the most of, of any of the Saints players. And he's covered the most amount of ground and 51 successful tackles now for the season. Yeah, I, 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 I say I chuckled. I think that's a bit unfair, but I did chuckle in inverted commas yesterday when I saw Moses Seiko had had a knee operation this week because, uh, as we all saw at the weekend, I think he went in for a 50-50 with Prousey and it turned out to be a 95-5 by the time they'd yeah. finished. So uh, um, I think it's you know testament to him. And I, I think Jack Stevens has been brilliant since he's come back in the last few weeks. I think Danny Ings' goals have been really important. But for me, I would give it to Prousey, um, Freddie. I think he's been the, um, you know, Ralph called him a machine, didn't he? He's been the energy. I, you know, the whole team needed a if they needed to to really give a start giving a hundred percent. He was someone I was calling for to to be dropped before that Man City away game because he wasn't doing much. And uh, I mean, the last eight weeks or so, he's been phenomenal. And mm. it's not just the fact that, as you said, he's run the most out of anyone in the entire Premier League. So he's he's playing you know with heart. But it's not just the fact he's running around like a headless chicken. He's putting in tackles. He's putting in headers. He's leading. He's organising. He's shouting at players. He's 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 acting as a captain, but obviously isn't the captain. And I think for me, he's been a real real pivotal player in the middle of that field that's kind of almost joined the whole team together and got the success that we got the last few weeks so I think you could choose any three of them they've been brilliant but for me I'd go with Prousey yeah, I think I have to kind of extend on Jack Stevens again. Uh, very, very similar to some respects with James Will Prowse. I guess, you know, somebody said to me the other day, he's, he's come of age. Um, and this was after the, uh, the Tottenham game. You know, he's been leading his teammates now by example, doing the basics the only way you can do, uh, you know, directing, organised and has become a little bit more composed. I mean, he hardly had a sniff at the start of the season, but he's come on leaps and bounds recently. And uh, I mean, it's a testament also to Ralph to get the best out of him. And I think it's an, a tragedy that he isn't also nominated for the manager of the month. Yeah, um, we spoke about that at the weekend, didn't we? I mean, I don't know the reasons behind that. They obviously only chose uh, three, Pearson, Solskjaer and Klopp. I mean, Klopp's probably going to be the runaway leader because Liverpool fans will vote for him and he's obviously got a fantastic record this season. And, you know, the good thing is that we know they're going to win the league now, so at least it won't be such a hurrah when we have to deal with it in May. But uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, just going back to Jack Stevens, I, I think the other thing as well is... I've never been one to aggressively get, you know, sort of slate players and boo them and jeer them and, you know, whatever some people like to do these days. And I think for him to come back and perform the way he has done after the amount of flack he took over that sort of six months, I remember being at the Burnley away game last season when, uh, Crouchy was all over him and he gave away the handball for the penalty in what the 94th minute and you could see how much it had hurt him and to go away and I think many players mentally would really struggle with that and he's come back and I'd admit it's almost a bit of a no-lose situation for him because Saints were doing so badly when he came into the team again that you felt they could only go one way but I think he's been brilliant and, you know, he's he's organised, he's communicated and more importantly, Freddie, what we all want to see is he plays with his, you know, he, he has his heart on his sleeve, he plays for that Southampton badge, you can see how much it means to him and we've seen so many players the last three or four years that I won't swear on your uh, live broadcast, but they don't give a you-know-what. And to see someone like him, I'd much rather have a Jack Stevens giving 100% back there, maybe not technically the best player than some prima donna that can't be bothered to play for Southampton. 
Mm. I mean, actually, picking up on a comment that I saw earlier from Ben from the Archers Road, been on the show before, um, yeah. and he said uh, it, it's. Uh, th- I think there's there's no um, there must be a correlation in uh, I guess uh, or or Jack Stevens' trajectory or his performances recently. Now that he's not going out on the last with Charlie Austin uh, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we were saying that on the day that Charlie Austin's obviously given an interview to West Brom. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that has helped. Maybe that's helped him focus his game. You know, he's now um, focused on what he needs to do and he's got Ralph's support. I mean, you can see how much it meant to them after they beat Spurs, a, a big embrace. And I think there's a clear connection between Stevens and Ralph, which is what you want your manager to have with your players. So good on him. And as I say, I, I, you know, I think he's done fantastic the last few weeks. And if he got player of the month for uh, December or whatever, I'd, I'd support that as well. I think he's been superb. Okay, right. This is the Leicester City match build-up show after all. So uh, whatever you do, don't mention the score. I think we might have mentioned it once, but I think we got away with it. Anyway. um, You're showing your age there, Freddie. I love it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But we're seeking revenge though, aren't we? You know, the result in October was a wake-up call for everyone involved in the club. And we've looked unrecognisable since then. We, we spoke about it on the podcast at the weekend, um, whether it was a bit of a watershed moment for Southampton Football Club. Um, it could have gone one or two ways. They could have absolutely plummeted. They could have done a Sunderland, conceded goals, lost games and just been relegated by February. Um, it's gone the other way. It's almost, I think, helped Ralph refocus what he wanted to do. I think it's given the players a bit of a kick up the backside. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for all of us. I'm not going to mention the score. I don't ever want to mention the score again. But <laughs> you, 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 kind of, you kind of look back now and think, look, did it actually help us did it help the board sort of you know reiterate that Ralph was going to be their manager going forward so the players thought right you know that's not gonna we need to get behind this guy because he's not going anywhere and if we want to stay at this football club then we need to start performing there's so many questions that I think came off the back of that that have benefited us and it's only now when you look back and it's you know it's, it's laughable in two ways it's laughable that we were so bad but it's laughable that it happened and you know we've all come through it now and you can sort of look back and think Thank, thankfully it's done and hopefully we'll never go through that again in our, our lifetimes following Southampton but you would also hope that they will go up to the King Power this weekend and they'll want to, to get some pride back um, I'm sure Leicester fans will be chanting we want 10 and all that sort of mm. thing but you know you would hope that those players will go up there and give 100% and take this good run that they've got to the King Power and want to make a point and say look you know we know that you beat us by that many goals to none but it won't happen again and in fact we're going to go out there today and give you a good game and hopefully beat you by uh, a few yeah I wonder what the bookies uh, odds are for, for Saint to put 10 away against Leicester um, but uh, I mean you know the, the types of performances that we've gone to you know Arsenal get a point we've been to Man City a spirited performance you know yeah. wins against Tottenham you know wins against Chelsea uh, Leicester second in the league right now and you know if we look at them this time last season they look unrecognisable too. Obviously, huge uh, influence now from Brendan Rodgers. And the last mm. visit to the King Power last year, we came away with a victory and this was against Claude Puel's Leicester City. <laughs> I know, yeah. A team that naturally will be defensive and sit in. And uh, if you think about it, I think we played all of the second half pretty much with uh, 10 men, didn't we? So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's 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 a ground. I think we've, we're unbeaten there in our last three games. Um, two nil nils, of course, under uh, Poole and Hughes and then uh, the win under Ralph. So, I wouldn't say Leicester's been the, the happiest of hunting grounds for us over the years, although I do remember going to a game at Filbert Street when we won 4-0 once, so maybe it's not been that bad. But I think you know, they, they'll be up for it and they'll fancy their chances of beating us. We know that. But 
I think the good thing for Saints is we know that Leicester City will attack us and that's going to leave gaps in behind them for the players, you know, to, to hopefully show some pace, whether it's Gineppo, Bufel, Redmond, whoever it is, to get up there and support Danny Ings to get some goals. It's not a team that is going to sit back and uh, let us try and break them down. So, you know, positives and negatives. We know they've got a lot of threats, but hopefully that will lead to some opportunities for us as well. Yeah, of course, as well. I mean, uh, if you look at the statistics this season, Leicester have the most amount of clean sheets. And, uh, mm. you know, I think they're also helped by the protection in front of their back four, uh, yeah. with Wilfred and Dealey, now ruled out for a few weeks, uh, apparently picking up an injury uh, this week ahead of the Carabao Cup semi-final, which is happening right now. Uh, so, you know, that they've made, a, they've made a couple of changes, to, I guess, to their first team selection. But, you know, uh, there is opportunities to get in here. You know, you've got Evans, you know, sometimes often... Uh, uh, you know, exposed somewhat, but Soyuncu, mm. another good defender. So, so Danny Ings, but he can score all sorts of goals. You know, he turned, uh, it was Alderweireld, you know, sometimes said one of the best defenders in the Premier League, turned him inside out, left him on his bum at the uh, in the last uh, fixture. He did. And uh, I, I cursed it by saying that um, we scored away in every away game this season since Burnley on the opening day. So, um, you know, for Saints to go through that run. And as you said there, I mean, the, the list of teams we've beaten, we've been to Sheffield United and won. We've been to Brighton and won. I think um, I saw the other day that only the top four have won more away games than Saints this season. So we know that they've been more comfortable playing away without the pressure of uh, the St Mary's crowd getting on their back defensively so I think they will go there with confidence Freddie and why shouldn't they I mean forget the score that we won't talk about let's look at the most recent run I mean we've the last eight Premier League games we've won five we've drawn one we've lost uh, two we've um, got 16 points from that period so you know we're on a really really good run and uh, we are starting to look up the league rather than down it again so let's go there focus on what we want to do we know that Ralph, Ralph will have a game plan we know that he will have the team ready to, to sort of think about any formations and players that Leicester will have he has got them well organised again so I hope that we go there and worry less about the threats that they have and how they're going to hurt us and think about vice versa, really. Yeah, here, here. That's well said. In fact, you know, we've got to play to Danny Ings and his strengths and Warprouse and, you know, trying to get the chain long alongside Danny Ings as well. I mean, both of those were on the score sheet last goal, uh, last time at the King Power, roughly this time last year, in fact. And, and, uh, uh, Shane's goal that that night was his first in nine months. Um, uh, as we as we beat again, you know, as we beat Leicester with ten men, I think we got away with it. Yeah, we did. I, I think it was actually going wide, wasn't it, until Schmeichel tipped it in. But uh, let's not talk about that. But uh, I think the good thing as well for Saints at the moment is you, you know, again, not to curse it, but you look up the spine of the team. Alex McCarthy is doing well. Jack Stevens, Bednarek are doing well. Pierre and Prousey are doing well. Ings are doing well. You know, that that's, um, sort of uh, spine of the team is now performing to sort of seven, eight, nine out of ten every week. And as long as they do that, then that's, you know, a lot of the threats for Leicester are through that. You think of Vardy and the midfielders and then, as you said, you know, defensively. So I think there will be lots of areas where Saints are playing well at the moment and look, I'm not I'm not getting carried away I think it will be a very tough game and if we come away with a draw I'll be more than happy but I think you know the good thing is we're going there with players in form and a team in form and as you say I mean they're you know they've they've lost uh, uh, two of their last five I think to City and Liverpool and uh, they're starting to get a few niggles and things like that as well so maybe we're getting them at a good time um, you just don't know do you you never know with Saints how they're going to perform it'll either be really bad or really good <laughs> mm. 
Well, Samuel adds, uh, anything from the last game against Leicester will be an improvement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, applaud, applaud that one, you know, second to that one. And uh, Kelly adds, uh, um, I'm confident because I know for a fact with our form, Ralph's looking forward for revenge. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I think he'll have them really fired up. I totally agree with Kelly, Freddie. And it may not work, you know, they may come away with a defeat, but I think by the time that they go out onto that pitch at three o'clock on Saturday, I think they will know their jobs. I think he will have them motivated and I think they will be very, very very keen to go out there and prove a point. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, people in the comments, if you're watching along on the live stream, fire through your score predictions or lineups. So, uh, Ben, uh, talk me through then, I uh, guess, the lineup. I mean, we're going to expect a, a full strength apart from Ndidi for uh, for Leicester mm. City, maybe one or two changes from the game tonight against Aston Villa in the Cup. Uh, talk me through your 1-11. to yeah, I, to be honest, Freddie, I think it doesn't change. Um, you know, I'd begin with Alex McCarthy. Um, Cedric is still, unfortunately, our best right back. Uh, Bednarek, Stevens, Bertrand, um, Pierre, and Prousey. For for me, that back sort of um, six players is is um, doing seven players is doing as as well as it can at the moment. So I think they pick themselves. I think because it's an away game, and I think because of the way he's performed the last few weeks, I'd have Stuart Armstrong playing. Um, I think he was doing a, he did a really good job at um, Chelsea. He did a really good job at Aston Villa. And I think he's the sort of player that he feels like a bit of a calm presence when he gets to the ball. He doesn't, you know, he's obviously a clear thinker. We know he's got nice hair, so that'll be good as well. Um, so I think Stuart Armstrong would be in there. And for me, I'd have Redmond on the right. Danny's up front and then Gineppo on the left, I think. So that would be my, um, sorry, Redmond on the left and Gineppo on the right. So I think that would be my team. Yeah, I mean, Armstrong is not flash, is he? He doesn't, doesn't pull off any tricks at all, but he gets his head down. You know, somebody kind of mentioned, I guess this comment's flying around social media quite often now, actually. Mm. The modern day Stephen Davis. <laughs> he is, but I mean, he does he does the basics well. He gets the ball, he gives the ball, he moves into space, he's looking up, he's thinking, he's always looking for that next pass. And you're right, Stephen Davis was like that. He, he, you know, he couldn't run at 100 miles an hour, he didn't score 25 goals a season, but you knew that when he got the ball, he already knew where he was going to put it, he already knew who he was going to give it to. And uh, I think Stuart Armstrong's like that. And we've seen as he's got a run of games um, that he's starting to get a bit more confidence, he's starting to get used to the speed of the Premier League. I really like him. I think he's, uh, you know, if he can stay fit, I think he's someone that can be a really valuable asset for us over the next few years. Yeah, right. So score predictions then, Ben. Uh, Ings can have my babies. <laughs> That's the uh, profile, not my comment, right. by the way. 10-0 to the Saints. Saints. Come on, we'll put, the, we'll put a pound down on that. What's the, what's the odds, uh, fans, but at, uh, at, uh, get in touch. Uh, right. I know you're you're generally quite a, a, a pessimist or, a, or a, I guess, reverse psychology. Often yeah, reverse psychology. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the way I like to look at it. Yeah. What's your? There's, I mean, there's no prediction league in this one. It's just for uh, just for credit. What's your score prediction then for the weekend? <laughs> look, I, I do think it'll be tough. You know, I, I know we've spoken very positive. I think we know Vardy is a, a very good player. I think if we can keep him quiet a bit like we did Harry Kane, then I think we've got a massive chance. I went for 3-1 from a reverse psychology point of view. As I said earlier, and as Kieran says there, I think if we can get a point, Freddie, I'd be more than happy with that. I think that would be a great return, um, you know, ahead of the Wolves game next week so I'm going to go 3-1 Leicester but that's purely for reverse psychology reasons <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think I'm going to agree with uh, with Kieran here or, or if you've already listened to our episode uh, the Total Saints podcast episode I, I will agree with Glenn uh, it was a 1-1 a uh, prediction that's what I'm going to go for and I think as you say Ben I think and we'll take that considering the last uh, time we, we met we met Leicester Absolutely. Even if we can win, what? If we win 9 0, they'll go to extra time. Oh, you so. said it. You, you've done <laughs> it. <laughs> We're so close to the end. So close. That's, that's like a, that's like conceding a last minute equaliser. <laughs> 
I said win nine nil. I didn't say that we anyway. Carry on. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I think that 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 is about full time then for for this uh, live live stream. Anyway, Ben, great to speak to you once again. Just really quickly, just remind our folks uh, if you're I guess you're, if you're living in the local area, if we can, how we can get down to the Five Rivers uh, Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to go is eventbrite.co.uk, which is uh, E-V-N-T-B-R-I-T-E.co.uk. And if you search for TSP100, you'll be able to get tickets on there. As I say, if you can't get them in time and you fancy coming along, as long as you've got £10, then of course uh, we'll let you in. But uh, yeah, 8 o'clock on Friday, the doors will be open from 7 o'clock and uh, it's at the Five Rivers and Beavers Valley, Freddie. Yep, excellent place. And we'll be all down there. Ben will be there. A few others from other podcasts. And uh, uh, the enigma that is Adam Leach will be on the panel, I hear, as well. And, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, Glenn, uh, other uh, regular pundits as well. So great cause, you know, should be a good evening. So if you're living in and around Southampton, uh, do get yourself down there. Join us for a, a beer, a curry, whatever you fancy. Anyway, great to speak to you, Ben. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Freddie. Take care. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for Saturday. Big thanks once again then to Ben coming over from the Total Saints podcast. Of course, uh, don't forget to subscribe to his show uh, if you haven't already. And if you're local, uh, do try and make it down to the Five Rivers on Friday evening to support the Saints Foundation and join us all for a beer, a curry, whatever you like. All the details are available in the description for the event and also for the Total Saints podcast. Anyway, now time then for your bite-sized guide to Leicester City. Now, for some, it's locally known as the KP, but you'd be nuts to refer to it like that. Uh, But if you want to get there by road this weekend, you're looking at about two and a half to three hour drive, depending on traffic via the M3, A34, M40, A43 and M1. And from there, Leicester is signposted. Although it's not uh, as straightforward to get to Leicester by the train, it is doable. Now, the standard procedure applies here. Head uh, to the Midlands. Uh, Rather than spending 90 quid on a day return, you should split your tickets and stay on the train to Birmingham to change towards Leicester. Get the cross-country then from Southampton. Buy two-day return tickets uh, from Southampton to Basingstoke and Basingstoke to Banbury. A light at Banbury. Change the trains to Chiltern Railway service. Uh, That is uh, cheaper than the cross-country. Then you need to buy a day return to Birmingham Moor Street for this. If there are three of you or more in your group, then you can get a group saver on on this leg. So once you're at Moor Street, then uh, you want to head across town, the short journey to Birmingham New Street. Get the train towards Derby. There's no discounts on this train, unfortunately, but after uh, splitting the fares, it actually uh, totals less than half the published fare if you were to buy on the day. But after arriving in Leicester, you'll need some liquid refreshment. If you arrive by train, the ground is about a mile and a half away or a 25-minute walk. And the nearest pub then to the ground is the Counting House, often popular. And this can get uh, very crowded because you often have all the uh, coaches and the travel clubs up there. But uh, I've heard some away fans are also known to use the bar at the Holiday Inn Express on Filbert Way. And for those that love some real ale, craft beers, etc., I hear the Swan and Rushes on Infirmary Square next to the Royal Infirmary is recommended. So there you have it then. That is about full time for this week's show. Thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. We'll be back next week for our Wolves build-up show. But for now, whatever you do, don't mention the score. I think... We got away with it once. Come on, you saints.